This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak going to be diving into some of your questions now in our final segment. A week five victory, bringing the Saints now to two and three on the season. Snapping that three-game losing skid was oh so necessary. And I'm seeing Gary Scott here saying the offense looked better, but considering this Seattle defense gave up 40 to a one and four Detroit team last week, I'll reserve my excitement. And I totally get that, Gary. We we knew that this Seattle defense was nothing special. Um, but there were obviously plenty of positives to take away from this offense, namely Taysom, the man Hill in this matchup. And uh, like you said in the earlier, Jeff, a really quiet, great day from, from Alvin Kamara, minus the fumble, of course, but it was good to see him back in the flow uh, after he would deal in with that rib injury. I think... You know, unimpressive might be an understatement when you talk about the Seahawks defense. They they are the worst defense in the NFL, statistically speaking. It's not even close. And and they didn't let up 40 points to the Lions. Let up 45. You know how many points the Lions scored today? How many? Zero. Ouch, they got shut out. The Lions scored so many points last week that if you average their week four and week five score, they have 22 and a half points per game. That's pretty good, right? They got shut out today. Um, but no, yeah, that, that <laughs> that's not a good sign. If you're the Seahawks, you're two and three, but you you are playing like zero and five. Uh, and you know this, I thought the I was very surprised by the Seahawks offense. Like that is a good offense. I was not expecting that. I was expecting it to be like, oh yeah, they scored forty eight on the Lions. No, that's a good offense. I will um, say about one one guy on Seattle's defense, Al Woods, the uh, the wily vet, was yeah. a problem on that line uh, and caused a lot of disruption. And I think he ended up with. Uh, a sack and a tackle for loss, but definitely was a problem for the Saints. Caused a lot of disruption and was impressive for the former LSU Tiger. Yeah, well, they needed to get pressure. If they weren't getting pressure, they weren't stopping anybody. And I mean, like, that's why, and I said this going in, like, you you should look good on offense against this team. And if you don't, that's a problem, you know? And so that's, you know, I, I expected Andy Dalton to be more, impressive I, I don't know like he had a solid game but he didn't do anything in the passing game that got me excited but at the same time you do have to give you go with the caveat of like every four plays he was coming off the field right you know? and and the Taysom really show, right your rhythm and plus like it wasn't just that Taysom was going on the field Taysom was going on the field and scoring <laughs> right yeah <laughs> like he would end drives like <laughs> it was it, and he didn't really have a chance in the red zone every time they got in the red zone it was like okay put Taysom in there and he was just he was just running it in. So, like, you know, you, One thing you, I do can't, question you can't is, hold that against Andy. But, yeah. What's the benefit of them lining up Andy Dalton, that wide receiver, when Taysom's at center? Do you think we're ever going to see that where he, he lofts a pass to the quarterback? Well, he's never going to throw to him. 
I'm pretty sure they have a rule that says like, you can't give Andy the ball. That, that was like their rule with Drew. <laughs> right, um, exactly. Even though you know Drew wanted to catch a pass. Oh yeah, he would have he would have totally asked for it. But okay, so there are reasons why you would put the quarterback out wide versus keeping him off the field because when he's off the field, you know Taysom Hill is lining up at quarterback. So that that's an advantage to the defense in the sense that they know what to plan for, but it does give you an extra blocker. So when you are going super mega jumbo and you're bringing in Landon Young and, and Lewis Kidd as eligible receivers, you would not even consider putting Andy Dalton on the field because they already know when you're going that jumbo, it's you can guess it's going to be Taysom under center. So you're not going to waste a blocker in that situation. When you are trying to just catch the other team off guard and you're not going jumbo and you're trying to just put him back there and see how they react to it, that's when you would keep Andy on the field which I don't think they have been doing, but that's when you would consider it because so you're a defense and you're just reacting to the players in the huddle, right? You are trying to match personnel. And so if you have Andy Dolan and Taysom Hill in the huddle, you are reacting to a, a personnel that most of the time is going to be 11 or 12 personnel, you know, one that's running back, two tight right? ends. So you aren't necessarily going out there with the personnel to stop, you know, a QB power run. So that's why you would do that. And that's what they did more with Breeze than they have been doing with Jameis and, and Andy. But yeah, that's essentially what you're looking at is it's either you want the extra blocker or you want to catch them off guard in a, in a personnel grouping that is not suited to stop. Definitely noticed there were just two occasions today. I noticed that Dalton was still on the field and at wide receiver. I'm like, what's this guy think he's going to do, you know? Yeah. But no, that's why. It's it's because when you send Andy out there, they are reacting as if he's going to be the quarterback, so their right. personnel is going to match that. The second you send Taysom out there without Andy, then you're getting the, you know, a jumbo defensive look, right? You're getting three linebackers and, you know, maybe a fourth if if they're feeling real feeling real real soft about it. But yeah. Another question. Speaking of three heads, Having two defensive coordinators is killing the Saints D. I'm convinced of it. You know, if you want to say they have two, I would argue they have three because right. either of the defensive coordinators calls plays. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I would argue that I question. You know, when you when you are dealing when you are a head coach, there's a lot going on, and when you're an offensive play caller a lot of the decisions you have to make in game kind of match up with what you're doing anyway. So I think it's easier to manage when you are, def when you're trying to call defensive plays and you're trying to make adjustments, you're trying to react on the fly. I think that's much more difficult to do as a head coach. And I think that one of the biggest mistakes a head coach can make is not trusting the people you have put into place to, to help you to do those things. And I think if the defense continues to go the way it has, and you are still struggling to stop big plays, you know, to, to get off the field on third down, although today that wasn't the case, they got off the field. They were, I think the Seahawks were one for nine on third down. So that wasn't the case today, but you know, there were some questionable play calls. Like, like I said, that, that, you know, you were playing to prevent three points and you allowed seven points at the end of the first half. You can't do that. And I think there's the question to be posed that maybe calling the plays as the head coach slash, whatever you want to call him in Dennis Allen might be hurting the defense because he doesn't have the bandwidth to, to apply to it that he did in the past. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure if 
I agree with that. The fact too, that the def- two defensive coordinators are killing the Saints D. And like you said, it's really uh three, if it come, we really want to, you know, come down to it, but yeah, at a certain point, it's just a title, right? I mean, yeah, you always uh, have a secondary coach and a defensive line coach. So it's like, it's just a title. I will say it's interesting that it's really uh, Ryan Nielsen addressing the media on coordinators day and not really. We have talked to, we've talked to Chris Richard. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, I've missed a couple of times that maybe he's, he's spoken, but it's always been Ryan Nielsen when I've been around. I thought that was maybe odd. And why wouldn't you get both coordinators kind of thing? We did talk to Chris Richard before week two. Okay. But we have definitely talked to Ryan Nielsen more often than Richard. And, you know, that might be a Chris Richard thing. He might not like talking to the media if he doesn't have to. So, yeah, you know, that might be where you're going. And, like, you don't have a choice with Pete Carmichael. And plus, you don't need to talk to both defensive coordinators every week. So you kind of just have to make a decision. I would be surprised if we don't talk to Richard this week. But, yeah, I would think, like you said, they'll probably just alternate it. And, yeah, I was I was out sick week two, so definitely miss Richard then. I don't think it's like a too many cooks in the kitchen situation. Because, like I said, you always have a secondary coach. You always have a defensive line coach. I do think that, you know, there's a question to be posed that, you know, maybe DA shouldn't be calling the, the defensive plays in the game. Because he did delegate that during the preseason, right? So, like, the, the, there yeah. is. And it was Ryan Nielsen calling those plays. And, you know, you don't want to look at the preseason and say they did anything special because it's the preseason. But I thought the defense looked good in the preseason. So it's like, I don't think you have concerns about Ryan Nielsen calling the plays. But again, it's like if this defense like like turns into a lockdown unit, then we can all look past it. But if they continue to have these kind of notable struggles, especially in big moments, that's where that's when I'll start to question a little louder. Yeah, and I, I, to me, the defense has played pretty decent this season, except in those late game situations when they were maybe a bit, you know, worn down from being on the field so much. But in general, they during that even that three game losing skid really kept the team in games early early on when things weren't going well with this offense starting quickly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, let's shift a little bit. Let's talk more about Taysom Hill, uh, VB Saints, Pell's lady. My reaction, Taysom is the man as a gadget guy, not as a starting QB for the Saints. Love him as he is. And yeah, I think his role, I am perfectly okay with the role he is playing right now. This is the role that it felt like you were getting to in the 2019 season. Remember that Vikings game where he was unstoppable and then yeah. they put Drew in and he fumbled, right? Like, But that was like the role he had going into that. And like that was... That was when you felt like he was a huge advantage because he was doing things you couldn't stop. They tried to get too much into a quarterback with Taysom Hill and you lost. And and that was partly because you told him you would and you were trying to do the player a solid and give him his chance and you gave it to him and it didn't work. And now you are back to the perfect form of Taysom Hill, which is, you know, that QB power, that red zone weapon. um, And it works. It just works. It worked then. It works now. And the only thing, the, the biggest thing you have to keep in mind with Taysom is not whether he can execute certain plays, whether he can throw it, you know he can throw it, whether he can run it, you know he can run it. It's 
the deployment between him and the quarterback and how many times you are taking your starting quarterback off the field. I thought the first drive of this game, they didn't handle that well. Taysom came in on third and short, and then he stayed in, handed it to Alvin, and then stayed in on second down. And then you brought Andy on the field after missing three plays and said, okay, Andy, third and five, go, good luck. you know. And then they he missed, and then they punted. And I think that is just setting your starting quarterback up for failure. And like you, you don't want... There's no value added in having Taysom hand off to Alvin <laughs> because you're just running into a front that's expecting the quarterback to run, right? That's not an advantage for you. So like, I don't ever like the idea of third and short and then you're sticking with Taysom on first down unless it is another QB power because you lose the element of surprise unless you manage to catch them in a really bad personnel. And in that case, you should still be running the quarterback, you know? But you're when you're going on third and short, you're probably not going to get anything but a heavy personnel. So I think that is a mistake in using him that way and forcing your quarterback to come back on the field in a bad situation. But I thought they did they did it well the rest of the game. I don't think they did that again. And uh, I think that's kind of the learning process for a Pete Carmichael kind of figuring this out for the first time as the play caller. Yeah, was Sean Payton anywhere today watching this game and like being the Leo meme, you know, on the couch pointing at the television? <laughs> I, yeah, I told you. But yeah, I, I mean, could there be a three-way quarterback controversy with this team? I don't think so, but it'll be interesting to no. hear sports talk this week if folks start clamoring more for more Taysom and less Dalton, uh, along with you know having Jameis on the bench. Oh, I'm perfectly fine with all the Taysom you want to give me, but he is not. The, he should not be the starting quarterback. Like. That is the one thing that this offense is doing right compared to the last couple of years. Is no, is I think Taysom, I agree. We've seen Taysom in his as role, a starter, right? Is elite. Got one more good question. And what what is odd though is like out of everything that Taysom has been doing, we just really haven't seen him as the tight end. Yeah, he hasn't been a tight end at all, and he's still not. I, I agree. St. John Butler three way QB controversy. Stop that, Steve. <laughs> I agree with that hundred percent. This is that's not what's happening here. <laughs> But you do have a weapon. You do have, you know, Taysom Hill is the best red zone weapon in the NFL. And I don't think it's that close. He's the best short yardage weapon in the NFL. Anyway, BB Pell's Saints lady, Saints Pell's lady. This is going to be the last thing that we're going to go. Being one for nine on third down doesn't count when you let teams score on second down. Touche. Right. That is a good point. Being one for nine still counts. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does, it does make it look a little better than it is because, like you said, they allowed long touchdowns that didn't come on third down. So, you know, there is a positive in being able to get off the field on third down. But, you know, I think one of the issues is you didn't get to third down enough. I think that's what you're getting at here. And I think you're correct is that nine isn't a high enough number. (laughs) That number should be a lot higher than nine. And like the Saints had 14 third down attempts. Right. So like, like that's, that's a good point is, you know, if you were, I would rather you be three for 14 and not allow four touchdowns on first or second down, because that's what happened. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Yeah, and Yowza, I'm looking here at the team stats, and Saints allowed 8.1 yards per play to mm-hmm. Seattle. You can't do that. It's no bueno. No. And the only thing that you could say positively about that is, like I said earlier, you didn't leave your defense on the field all day. So that did give you a slight advantage in that regard. Right. But the defense kind of played bad. Everyone but Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan is ageless. He is he is a robot. Um, he was mad that he only got one and a half sacks instead of two. 
That's what he was talking about in his press conference because apparently Demario like jumped on at the end and they gave him a half sack. Uh, yeah, he moved to, into twenty fourth all time. I got the, to do my first post game on the field interview and mentioned to him, "Oh, you know, you 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 mentioned you ended with one and a half sacks," and he right away was like, "Oh man, they gave Demario the, the half of that. I thought I had two. So that's that's funny because he came into his press conference and was talking. So you, you're the one who got him on that on that wavelength. How was that interview? It was great. Uh, I got to ask him two questions though, and then he took off. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm done with you. Yeah, it's nice that you got it though. Right? No, a uh, huge difference for the broadcast, and it actually made me feel uh, worthy of being on the sideline, getting to do a post game interview. Just something we that Sean Payton never allowed over the years, and this is the first time getting to do it this season, and uh, looking forward to more of it for sure. It's great. Hopefully they win some more. So that'll happen. Yeah, exactly. We're back here again on Sunday. I do want to tease. So the film study this week, I'm going to kind of skip a lot of this game in the sense that I'm not going to just exhaustively go through. I am going to go through the film, but I'm not going to break it all down. But I do what I want to do is go through and pull out all of the third and short kind of QB power plays for Taysom Hill and just show just display like how easy it's been. Because like short yardage is not easy in the NFL. Like teams struggle with that. And it's been, I mean, you haven't even wondered. Like they would get into third and one, third and two. And I was like, okay, yeah, first down. Like anytime the Saints are able to get in third and short, you feel so confident. And that's, that's an advantage. And so what they did today that they haven't been able to do in previous games is get in third and short, right? That was the first three weeks of the season. It was always third and five, third and six, third and seven, third and nine. And like you can't use Taysom Hill in those situations. So I, I want to kind of go through and pull out a lot of that and look at that. But that's so that's going to be my target for this week. So keep keep an eye out for that on Wednesdays. Remember, this is Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. And yeah, Steve, you got anything else you want to say? Two and three, 500. Here we come, Hudats. Yes. Peace, y'all.